0: Hey, it's Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz, the Trib Live, and the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Be sure to check out my podcast, The Pittsburgh CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the Pittsburgh teams. If you're from Pittsburgh or a fan of any Pittsburgh sports teams and want to become a sharper, better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Pittsburgh CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by BetRivers.
0: Another Madden Monday Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with you, brought to you by BetRivers and BetRivers.com. You can download the app or go to BetRivers.com to wager. We will hear from Mark Madden from 105.9 The X and Trib Live in just a few moments. But we had to cut the podcast a little bit short with Mark. He's got to catch a flight back from Vegas A and B. He's under the weather, not feeling great, so we couldn't go the full length of the podcast today. That said, plenty to talk about coming out from the weekend. First and foremost, Pitt beats Clemson. We'll get to the Steelers in the bye and the Penguins' big win over Toronto in just a second, but the Panthers beating the Tigers are now moving up to number 17 in the country. Uh, The Panthers cover the three-point spread, winning against Clemson in fairly easy fashion, 27-17 in a game that I don't think was that close Also, the under barely held. I told you to go in that direction as well. So two for two on that game. And it was a day when the Panthers just needed to take care of business. Pitt came in as three-point favorites with the higher ranking, a better spot in the ACC standings, more momentum, a superior quarterback piloting a better offense. Frankly, all indications were that Pitt simply had the better team coming into that matchup against the Tigers. Maybe not the most raw talent or five-star recruits, but on October 23rd, 2021, definitely the better team. After a week's worth of hype, all Pitt coach Pat Narduzzi's players had to do was just prove it. Something that Pitt teams have failed to do in highly anticipated games on frequent occasions in the past. Yes, that would have been a very Pitt thing to do, to lose to Clemson after a week's worth of uh, pretty positive momentum surrounding the program, but not this edition of the Panthers. At least not on this day. Like I said, they win by ten in front of sixty thousand five nine four at Heinz Field. That was a little cooked. There was a lot of yellow still in the top rows. I don't think it was sixty thousand at Heinz Field. Maybe between fifty and fifty five, but not sixty. That was generous. Regardless, the Panthers managed to avoid what could have been one of their typical missteps by thumping Virginia Tech last Saturday in advance of the Clemson game. They won that one 28-7. Some pit teams of previous years could have undercut the momentum of this week with a look-ahead loss to the Hokies, like the 2015 Thursday night home defeat to North Carolina a week before they hosted Notre Dame maybe pit teams of previous years would have gotten trucked by Clemson in front of a big home crowd like that same 2015 team did the next week against the Fighting Irish it was 42 to 30 again in a game that wasn't really that close or the 2017 pit team that was boat raced 59-21 by number 9 Oklahoma State or the even the 2018 bunch that fell to Penn State 51 to 6 but this roster of pit players wasn't looking for an upset or to make a statement like those teams were. This roster of pit players was simply looking to complete a task that most who had watched the ACC this season realized was entirely possible. Beat a Clemson club that is nowhere close to as good of a product that that school normally produces. Now, the Panthers, after this result, what they've got to do is avoid another interpretation of the phrase pitting that we so frequently use. You know, a loss on Saturday definitely would have qualified as such. Pitting, as critics and jaded members of the fan base like to say. Oh, and I like to say, too. But this is a different definition that the Panthers are now facing to avoid pitting. That's when the Panthers erase all the good vibes they've built up with a big win, usually at home. Then they turn around and suffer an upset loss to a much lesser team. Like maybe Miami this week. Or Duke. Or North Carolina, again on a Thursday. Hey, Virginia, they score a lot of points. Perhaps this collection of Panthers is immune to those kinds of foul-ups, even if their predecessors weren't. Perhaps the most difficult hurdle en route to an ACC Coastal Division crown has been cleared. And much like what they did against Clemson Saturday, the Panthers just need to get the job done against a remaining regular season schedule that's devoid of any other conference teams currently ranked in the top 25. Perhaps. Now, Kenny Pickett and company are looking for only the second 10-win season for the school since 1981, and decades of history indicate that they won't get there. Recent results, though, suggest otherwise. Pitt has five more games to go, all against teams they'd be favored to beat as of now and that's starting with the home contest against the 2-4 and four Hurricanes next Saturday. Over the final five games, the Panthers perform the same way that they did Saturday. They'll find themselves in Charlotte for the ACC championship game on December 4th, and what's that going to be against Wake, NC State? They could win that game too. For once, this kind of optimism about Pitt football doesn't come off as forced or manufactured. It no longer feels like something they can't do. It actually feels like something they should do if they just continue to take care of business like they did against Clemson. Now, to the point that I brought up before, the Panthers already 12 and a half point favorites against the Miami Hurricanes. You want me to put my money down on it right away? I'm going to bet on Miami. Not to win, but to at least cover. And don't be shocked if they were to pay off what would be a pretty big money line. I think it's, yeah, plus 335 to win outright. But... For Pitt fans who have been down this road before, you know why that would be smart money, don't you? The Hurricanes aren't any good. Pitt is much better. Obviously, to just beat Clemson, they're better than the Hurricanes, but we've seen these kind of games from Pitt before. In fact, I think even though Pitt should win every game moving forward, at least taking the points against the underdog ACC teams, to me, until proven otherwise, is a smart play. If they blow out Miami, if they blow out Duke, Then maybe I'll sing a different song going into that Thursday night game against North Carolina, but that one feels awfully, awfully tricky to me. As far as Kenny Pickett goes, he's now fourth on the Heisman Trophy balloting boards at plus 1,200. Bryce Young still in first place at plus 150. That hasn't changed. Same for Matt Corral and C.J. Stroud. Then it's Kenny Pickett, who had been in sixth at plus 1,600. Now he's up to plus 1,200. There might be some uh, wise money there, actually, to put – a few shekels down on Kenny Pickett right now because he very well could lead this team to the ACC championship, and it's going to be all about him. And if Bryce Young should falter with the Alabama Crimson Tide again, maybe against Georgia one more time or another loss, uh, I don't see Pickett being completely shut out by those other two guys. It's still a long shot, but you know it might be worth a few dollars right now to have a payoff sometime in December. Oh, one more thing about Pitt. As far as their futures right now, plus 5,000 to win the college football national championship. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. But the eight teams in front of them, pretty much the eight teams they're going to have to navigate through to get to a national championship, not counting Wake Forest, who's at plus 10,000, a couple slots behind them. But the eight teams in front of Pitt right now, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Cincy, Michigan, and Oregon with Georgia the clear-cut favorite right now at plus 110. If you look at the ACC winner right now, Pittsburgh the favorite at minus 143, the only team that currently has minus money on it. Uh, I would say there's some value to Wake Forest there at plus 250 to win the thing uh, because I think they can score, and that might give... Pitt problems in the championship game. There's more value to Wake Forest right now than there is to Pitt, clearly, but I think Pitt is a rightful favorite at 143, and if you want to bet on the Panthers, that's not too pricey to me. Uh, Even if they do falter once in their division, they can still win the division and get to the conference championship after all. Okay, Steelers, let's get to them next. They're already three-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Browns, which is exactly where I predicted the line would be. I said three-and-a-half, four points when I was talking with Anthony Jaskolski over the weekend, and that's where it nestles in. The Steelers also in the AFC North, the longest odds to win the North by far, and they should. The Ravens still at minus 118 despite the Bengals' win over them. The Browns at plus 300, the Bengals have been trimmed to plus 325. Boy, that's a huge swing. And then it's the Steelers way down at the bottom at plus 1,800. They're not only in last there, they're in last in the standings overall, and they deserve to be. You know, I felt a lot better about the Steelers going into the bye than I do coming out. I looked at the Steelers' situation going into the bye, and I saw the injury status of the Browns getting set to play the Broncos. You know, I saw where some other teams, the AFC, seemed to be faltering a bit. But now coming out, I look at the Steelers and say, how are they going to get out of last place in their own division? Like, the North isn't going to get four teams into the playoffs, are they? No, I don't think so. You know, especially with the Raiders, again, getting a victory against the Philadelphia Eagles, they moved to 5-2. and two. But with the Steelers now facing Cleveland, after Cleveland beat Denver with, like, half of its roster, questionable playing through injury, or unable to play because of injury, they're going to get some of those players back. And you saw how they ran the ball against the Denver Broncos. They're going to do that to the Steelers. Look what Seattle did. And they're nowhere near as good running the football as the Browns are. It doesn't matter who the running back is. If that line is even halfway in shape and it wasn't against the Broncos, they still ran the ball they can run the ball against the steelers because one of the biggest questions facing the steelers right now is how to replace stephon tuitt and tyson Alualu along the defensive front those guys being lost to injury is a big problem that the steelers just have not been able to address as of yet and then knowing that they've got the ravens twice and the bengal's twice you know i thought going to cincinnati that game a week ago that struck me as a 50-50 kind of contest now it is not. Now it's more like 40 60 or 25 75. I feel like the Steelers have a chance in that game. Slim chance in that game. And it's getting slimmer every time I look at the Bengals. What a statement win for them against the Ravens after the Ravens just came off a statement win themselves against the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Minutes ago, and the goaltender interference penalty to Michael Bunting of Toronto. Matheson to Rodriguez. Looks, shoots. He scores. He
0: Rodriguez. And lastly, the Penguins, 8 points so far over the course of their first 5 games played. They won 3, they got two loser points along the way. That's good for second place behind the Rangers, tied right now with the Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes, and I think every Penguins fan under the sun has to be thrilled with what they're seeing so far, especially with the goal scoring. You know, I've been burned on this. I said play a lot of unders and bet against the Penguins early because of their injury situation, what with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin being out, and then compound that with the fact that Jake Gensel started on the COVID list, and then Brian Russ got hurt along the way, and then Chris Letang went on the COVID list, and certainly Jeff Carter going on the COVID list didn't help either. And here they are. They haven't lost a game in regulation yet. You look at the Metropolitan Division winners' futures right now. The Penguins are up to uh, plus 350 to win the Metro. That's only behind the Hurricanes at plus 300. So they've crawled over the two New York teams in that regard. I think maybe Washington, too. I can't quite remember where they started. But the Penguins are also plus 1,100 to win the East. I mean, I don't think that's good money to bet on right now. But it just shows you people are buying into what they see from the Pittsburgh Penguins so far. And I think you should because... You know, the fact that they have gotten through these first five games without Crosby and Malkin, relatively unscathed, getting as many points they did, I, I'm thrilled with that. You know, I thought this was going to be a slog to begin with. I thought they might burn some home games that they've got early with some negative results that has not been the case. And even Tristan Jari has been good to start the season. You can't argue with that. Their next game against the Lightning... And I still am not surprised that the Lightning are favored in this game. Minus 150, the Penguins at plus 125. The Lightning have been eh, coming out from back-to-back Stanley Cups. 2-2-1 two, two and one to start, including that ugly loss to the Penguins. In the first game of the season, John Cooper strung them out. The coach lit them up after that game. We talked about it here on the CityCast. I would expect them to be fired up beyond belief for this one against the Penguins. And this just might be a task too much for Pittsburgh to handle unless a bunch of those guys come back. Uh, We don't know the status for a lot of those players. Uh, This is one I either stay away from or I bet on Tampa. Uh, I know I've gotten burned, like I said a lot of times, suggesting you play against the Penguins, and maybe that'll happen to me again here. But uh, I like the over. I will like the over, whatever it is. I think there'll be goals to be had in this game, and and I do like the lightning. But my goodness, standing ovation for what the Penguins have done so far. 7-1 over Toronto on Saturday night. If that game lasts one more period, the Penguins outscore both Penn State and Clemson combined. You watch, that would have happened. Their offense has just been the biggest shocker to the start of this season. Not just that they're winning, but they're scoring lots of goals along the way to get there. I still don't know how they're doing it, and I'm not going to argue against anybody who has any sort of reason because your guess is as good as mine with that lineup to score as much as they have so far. 23 goals for the Penguins in five games. That's the most in all of the Eastern Conference and behind only Edmonton overall in the NHL. All right. Uh, we come back. You'll hear from Mark Madden from Vegas next. It is a Madden Monday podcast here on the Pittsburgh Citycast, courtesy of Bet Rivers.
1: Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets, and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level, and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same-game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: The Pittsburgh CityCast is presented by BetRivers. BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game day's and this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at BetRivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. Back at the Pittsburgh CityCast, Tim Benz with you, Mark Madden, for his Madden Monday visit with us from Trib Live and 105.9 The X in Vegas. Had to keep it short with Mark, as I mentioned, at the Outset of the podcast today, a little bit under the weather and coming back from Vegas, but that didn't stop us from talking about the Penguins' hot start. Pitts win over Clemson, the odd Penn State overtime game against Illinois. But We started with the Steelers and their fate during this bye weekend, which was to sit back and watch how much better the Bengals have gotten and see the Browns win on Thursday, too. That's where we started for this week's Madden Monday podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Mark, Steelers going into the bye. I liked where they were better than they are coming out of it because I saw what Cleveland did without most of its roster against the Denver Broncos, and I think they can do that to the Steelers. What do you think? Jim, all that really matters is the uh,
2: Penguins took the Toronto Maple Leafs, an old-timey nostalgia used-to-be club, and beat the hell out of them 7-1. Liverpool Football Club took Manchester United, an old-timey nostalgia used to be nostalgia football club and beat them five nil so all is definitely right in the world as we get ready for the Steelers and Browns at Cleveland in terms of the Steelers uh and their chances in the AFC North and indeed against Cleveland this week they're not going to be Cleveland I know Cleveland has injuries and who knows about Baker Mayfield but that team's not based on Baker Mayfield that team's based on the running game and they can run no matter who's at running back. If a lineman or two are hurt, that's just their game. That's what the Cleveland Browns do. So the Steelers aren't going to lose to Cleveland, and Cleveland's going to run the crap out of the ball. I may change my mind twice three times during the week, but that's the way I feel now.
0: I think that's how you should feel, and I think that should be your opinion throughout the week because I think that's what's going to happen. And to your point, their ability to run the ball regardless of who the back is because of their line, well, one, that mitigates whoever the quarterback is, Case Keenum versus Baker Mayfield, and two, it's something that exacerbates a weakness of the Steelers right now, which is run defense because they can't tackle and they don't have an answer for the absence of Alu-Alu into it.
2: Well, I don't think Case Keenum's that bad either. Right. I mean, who would you rather have a quarterback? can be honest, Case Keenum or Ben Roethlisberger? Ben right now.
0: Yeah, probably Keenum.
2: I'd rather have Sam Darnold Did that ship sailed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers, but as you wrote in the trip, that's probably going to wind up with the, with him being a Cleveland Brown quarterback before a Steelers quarterback.
2: Well, Tim, my, my column had suggested the Steelers feel if the Browns get Rodgers, that's ridiculous. It's no less ridiculous than the idea of the Steelers getting Rodgers.
0: You know, I still think they do get two wins against those two NFC North teams that aren't any good, Chicago and Detroit, but then that just gets them to five and four at that point, Mark, and... They got another game against the Bengals coming up and my gosh, the Bengals look like they might be the best team in the division after that win against Baltimore.
2: If the Steelers really want to make some noise, if they want to give legitimacy to their playoff campaign, they got to win at Cleveland because it is a winnable game. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is a winnable game. And if you get to 6 and 3, then you can kind of grease your way in. You can, you know, just manage your record till you get in
0: at 9 and 8. And I think what Cincinnati did is a harbinger of things to come for what they're going to do against the Steelers, and the Steelers go back to Cincy. I mean, usually they play better in Cincy than they play the Bengals in Heinz Field, but that was a statement win, I thought, for the Bengals after the Ravens just had one of those themselves against L.A. the week before.
2: Well, plus, we have to quit pretending the Steelers are a good team. They're just not a good team.
0: Their defense now is just as much of a question as their offense was. In fact, I've got questions about how their defense holds up with the lack of uh, depth along the front seven and the questions they've got at linebacker. I mean, all of a sudden they're replacing Devin Bush with Robert Spillane voluntarily. They didn't want to do it last year. They had to. Now they're doing it because they feel like it's a better option.
2: That says a lot about Devin Bush, doesn't it?
0: I think he's on the road to being a bust, don't you? On the road.
2: He's <laughs> on the exit ramp. <laughs>
0: Let's get to the Penguins, Mark. Uh, not only are they winning without Crosby and Malkin and some of the other star players, but they're scoring a hell of a lot more than I ever thought they could.
2: Yeah, that Toronto game was ridiculous. I mean, you got Marcus Pedersen with, what was it, three or four points?
0: Uh, three points, I believe, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think they took an assist away from him. I mean, you know, that's good. Who wants to pressure him to have four points every game? But, um, yeah, they played great. I mean, I think Toronto sucks. And it was their second game in two nights. And uh, I just don't have any faith Toronto will ever live up to their talent level. It's a poorly assembled team despite being top-heavy at the forward position. They committed suicide for winning a cup when they signed John Tavares uh, for too much and too long. And um, they should have signed defensemen. But uh, it's still a formidable team, especially when you're missing, what was it, Jim Crosby, Malkin, Rust, uh, Letang, uh, Jeff Carter, I mean, how do you win that game? But they not only did, but they won 7-1. to one. That's absurd. I will say, if the Penguins have to keep playing without those, those uh, big names mentioned, they're going to obviously lose a bunch of games at some point. But this team is focused and more systematic than I've ever seen it. Well, not ever seen it, but then I've seen it quite some time. They're playing the way they need to play to win.
0: The other thing is, Jari hasn't been bad either, and they're helping him out for sure, but at the same time, he's been pretty sharp himself. He hasn't lost games.
2: And one thing I've noticed is, they're playing as if they don't trust him. You know, they're they're, they're going the extra mile with defensive system. They're blocking shots. They're doing good in front of the net. You know, they're not putting him in bad situations. They're playing is if they do not trust Tristan Jari, and I agree with that. They shouldn't.
0: And the only game still, despite those efforts, that they haven't scored was the Dallas game, and Dallas went to great efforts to play a certain style themselves, and that style was to pack it in and block a bunch of shots. Yeah, and
2: they still got a point
0: out of that. Yeah, they did. Um, they got all the way to overtime, and Jari was very good in that game. I thought, well, he only had like 28 saves, 29 saves, but he was still better than Hopey, and uh, Hopey was good enough. But that said, again, another point, another game. And if they can keep accumulating points, then all of a sudden uh, this eight-game homestand is going to look a heck of a lot better by the end of it, Mark, than I thought it would going in.
2: Well, that's the ironic thing about that route of Toronto. Uh, Toronto came out playing like the Penguins usually do, trying to score, score, score. And the Penguins
0: just, you know, played good defense and took advantage. I was in for you, Mark, on Wednesday, the day after the sellout streak was officially ended, and boy, David Morehouse sure went to great efforts to make it sound like it was strictly a pandemic-related issue. Do you agree with that?
2: Well, yeah, what are you going to say?
0: I wouldn't expect them to say anything else. I just wonder how much in their hearts they believe it.
2: Well, I think it is primarily a pandemic-related issue, but I think part of it is the Stars are not available to start the season. They had a very disappointing playoff. Nobody really looks at them as Stanley Cup winners. you know, the potential that they can you know add a six cup. So you know I think there's a lot of reasons these South streak ended and uh, you know it's it's not an indictment of the team or an indictment of the fans. It's just the way it goes. It's just over now.
0: Mark, let's get to Pitt beating Clemson. That's not a surprise to me. Clemson stinks. Pitt's the better team right now. I don't think they have a roster full of better players, not a roster full of better recruits, but they're better. That's exactly what should have happened at Heinz Field on Saturday. Well,
2: I don't know if they're better or not, but they played better. They were very worthy winners, and Kenny Pickett's an excellent quarterback. I don't buy that he's a Heisman finalist, let alone a winner. I don't buy that he's a first-round pick. He's a very good college quarterback. He'll be a very competent professional backup who will start X amount of games. The problem is that every time Pitt does something, after not having done something for so long, we overreact gratuitously, can he pick us real good? I mean, it, 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 it's funny, because when you say he's not a Heisman contender, that's looked upon as a gratuitous insult. But he's not a Heisman contender. He won't go to New York, I don't
0: think. Do you? I think he potentially could finish in the top five or even three if Pitt wins the ACC and he plays as well in every game as he did just now against Clemson. But... I think so long as Alabama doesn't lose again or even plays and plays well against Georgia in the SEC Championship game, I think the Alabama quarterback is the kid that's in position to win it.
2: Well, and again, not knocking Kenny Pickett, but I don't think he has the the, the speed run. Athleticism to be a first-round pick
0: the way the league is now to do. No, I, I don't. I think that quarterbacks get overvalued, overhyped, and people tend to bring out the uh, optimism around whatever a quarterback can do, especially when there's a dearth of options in the first round. He might get overvalued into being a first-round pick, but I think he'd be a good quarterback value in the second or third round, Mark. But maybe a first-rounder, that that sounds like a stretch to me. I'd love to see the Steelers get him just for the storyline. <laughs> you don't think that would just be a bigger version of what happened with James Conner?
2: Oh, it would be a better version of what happened with James Conner.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Hey, what about what happened to Penn State? Did you catch how that overtime went? What would you think of it?
2: It's dumb. As soon as I heard how it went, I stopped paying attention. It's
0: dumb. I don't know why they bothered changing it. Most people like that format. I like that format. And the one thing they wanted to change, Mark, was the risk to the student-athletes for continuing to play for so long and trim down the length, potentially, of overtimes. Well, both avenues just went longer anyway. I mean, they're switching ends of the field and taking all that time in between these two-point conversions. It was a bust in pretty much every way. It was just dumb. That's the only thing I can I can say about it. it there are certain
2: things that occur that make me lose interest in something. That makes me lose interest in college football. It's like baseball with the three true, true outcomes and the idea of a uh, – when they call it the opener, where the leaf pitcher starts and the bullpen pitches the game.
0: Yes, and also when they have a ghost runner that goes to second base in extra innings too.
2: Well, that that doesn't bother me because it gets the game over with quicker. But, <laughs> uh, but my point is, uh, there's certain things that happen that make me not watch the game. And they can do what they want; it's their game, but I'm not going to watch it. And this two-pointer overtime crap in college football just usurps my interest. Just I don't, I don't care.
0: Last thing, Mark, on Pitt. Do you think that they lose one of their last five games against inferior opponents? Uh, You know, you only can play who you schedule to play, right? Oh, yeah, I'm not criticizing the schedule. It is what it is. It's an ACC schedule. I just know how Pitt usually is after they get what feels like a high-water moment in the season. They undercut their own momentum in some way, shape, or form. I feel like it's entirely possible, even though they're better than all five of these remaining teams, that they lose one. Well, Tim,
2: they're ranked 17th now, right?
0: They are, yes
2: okay, they, they lead the ACC and they just beat Clemson and they're still 17. So obviously they're not being taken very seriously yet, correct? Correct. You know, I just, I mean, good for them. I'm overjoyed. I mean, the pit people, they can thump their chest. And I don't know what to say because I think they're a number 17 ranked team with a pretty good quarterback. And that's as far as I will go.
0: Mark, we'll wrap up with this. You sound a little hoarse. Is that from yelling at the Rod Stewart concert or is that from screaming for Liverpool's victory?
2: No, I'm just sick. I'm I'm just every time I travel, I get sick. I have a a congested chest. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I may have to stop traveling. Seriously, I've thought about maybe this is just it for me in travel because this happens far too often. But uh, yeah, Liverpool five, United nil was tremendous. Uh, the Penguins winning was tremendous. The Ron Stewart shows were tremendous. I caught a soccer ball, Tim. I I caught one of the soccer balls. He boots to the crowd. That's my thirty uh, something show. I've seen over 31 Stewart shows, and the first one I saw was 46 years ago. It's the first time I caught a ball. So that's pretty cool.
0: Oh, I didn't know that was a tradition. I didn't quite catch that tweet that you sent out where you are holding the soccer ball. I didn't know that was the case. So he does that every show, huh?
2: Well, I don't know if he's done it every show I've been at, but he's done it more often than not.
0: Oh, okay. Did you, and you got it signed, or was it signed in advance?
2: No, it was signed when he kicked it out there.
0: Oh, nice. Good hands by you then, huh? Well, it's funny because the
2: lady next to me caught one, too. He only, I, I got the first one. He only kept, uh, kicked five balls in the crowd. So we, I, I thought we were like Van Dyke and Matt up in the middle of that Liverpool defense. Now, I'll start <laughs> pass.
0: Mark, thanks. Feel better. Get home safe. I make no guarantees to him. Mad Monday brought to you by Bet Rivers.
1: BetRivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at BetRivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets, and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level, and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.